Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast as we are concluding our Road to Moscow series, our final preview for all 32 World Cup teams. And we save the best for last in terms of the best team in the world. It is Germany. The defending world champions obviously are back in the World Cup. I mean, it wasn't any surprise that they qualified. They come in as the defending world champions. They have made the semifinals in four consecutive World Cups, four-time world champions, and they will be trying to do something that has not been done since 1962, defend the World Cup successfully. The only times it's ever happened, 34 and 38, Italy won back-to-back World Cups, and in 58 and 62, Brazil won back-to-back World Cups. And this Germany team is very good, as I am Ori Benatar, joined by John Patrick Quinn. John Patrick, what's going on, man? Hi, Ori. Thanks for having me. All right, so uh, Germany seems like they're the favorite in this tournament. Would you say that they're by far the number one favorite in this World Cup, or would you maybe put France or Brazil ahead of them? So I wouldn't say by far, but definitely they are the number one favorite. You can't ignore the Germans ever in a World Cup. Right, and recently Germany has just kind of had this... uh, this amazing revival of their football, and it really came after they were knocked out in the group stage of Euro 2004. Since then, every major tournament they've appeared in, they have made the semifinals. Uh, The 2006 World Cup, when they hosted under Jurgen Klinsmann, they were knocked out by Italy, and then under Yogi Love, since 2008 European Championships, they have made the semifinals in every major tournament. It seems like they're a guarantee to be in the top four. But this is a different Germany team. You have a lot of players from that World Cup winning squad that are not coming back, the likes of Philipp Lahm and Bastian Schweinsteiger, and of course, Miroslav Klose, the all-time World Cup scorer, come to mind. But this is going to be a very different Germany team, but they also obviously have some of the best talent in the world. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the worrying thing about Germany from everyone else's perspective is not even just in this World Cup, but you go back the last World Cup and the World Cup before that, not not just their first 11 was a world-being team, but they could have probably played their second 11 and still won uh, in the last one. And the, the same is true now. Like I think I think now, if you, if you go back in the last World Cup, some of these young players like Draxler, Kimmich, they were the ones that were coming through, and now now they're in their prime. And I, I actually, I don't think it's any, any weaker of a side, and it's possibly even stronger which is frightening it is very frightening for all the teams that are in germany's group germany is going to be playing in group f they're going to open up the tournament against mexico uh in moscow on june the 17th followed by matches against sweden and south korea south korea match being a rematch of the 2002 semifinals that game's going to be played in Kazan. Now, we, we kind of know, you know, the main guys of Germany. You have the likes of Thomas Muller, who has scored already 10 goals in his two World Cups, five in each of them. He might be on his way to breaking Close's record at the age of uh, 28 right now. You have the likes of, of course, Julian Draxler, Tony Cruz, Mesut Ozil, Sammy Kadira, uh, Manuel Neuer, Mark An- andre Ter Stegen, Burton Leno. You have amazing uh, goalkeeper depth. Uh, Kevin Trapp in there too. One of those guys will not be taking the plane to Russia. So let's maybe talk a little bit more about who we think that starting 11 is going to be for Germany because it's not really as clear cut as people think it is. Usually you kind of know, okay, you know, one player will start here, one player will start there. In the past for Germany, you know, when Michael Ballack and Bastian Schweinsteiger were sort of the main midfielders, but picking out this Germany 11 is tough, especially since no Mario Goetze, the, the person who scored the goal to win the World Cup for Germany in 2014, and also no Andre Schürrle, who had a great World Cup in 2014, too. So, John Patrick, who do you think, what do you think that starting 11 is going to be for Germany? 
So, I mean, it's a, it's a great point. So, to, I think the strength of the squad is shown in who doesn't make the squad. To think that those players aren't playing at all is, is crazy. But I think Manuel Neuer is a huge, huge return for them. Uh, he's back to fitness and I think he's been told, you know, like if you're fit, you'll be playing. Um, I think I think he'll start in net. I think you can't really look further than Boateng and Hummels at centre-back. Kimmich, for me, has to play at right-back. Uh, and left back, it could be between there's uh, Jonas Hector and uh, is it Max? The the other the other he's a young left back. But I I can't remember his actual full name, but he really impressed me. Um, when I whenever I've seen him, and generally it's been in the friendlies or whatever, but he, he looks really accomplished. Um, and and then in the midfield, it's, it's it's crazy to think that people like Leroy Sane won't get in. Ilkay Gundogan won't probably won't start. It's probably going to be Kadira, Kroos, Özil, and then and then maybe a fight for the for the last place. There's there's so many quality midfielders that can get in there. I think Muller will could I even start in midfield, and then they're probably just going to play the one up front, and that's I think that's going to be Timo Werner. Yeah, I mean, I personally think that Timo Werner should get a start. Uh, Twenty two years old. He's already scored seven goals in his 12 caps for Germany, but granted, that's in qualifying against some pretty bad European teams. But I think the the tough decision for Yogi Love to make in this tournament is where does he play Thomas Muller? Because we've kind of seen Muller play out wide sometimes for Bayern Munich, but he I think he thrives the most in that false nine role. So maybe instead of playing Werner as the main striker, you play Royce as the left midfielder, have Kadira and Cruz in the middle, Maybe put Ozil out wide to the right, and then you have uh, Goretzka, Marco Royce, Leroy Sané on the bench, and then you play Muller as a false nine. Well, that's how he that's how he lined up. That was his preferred formation, really. He, he, he so we talked about Mario Götze not getting in the squad, but actually Götze played a lot of the uh, a lot of the qualifiers in that false nine position. So he, he didn't really favour an out and out striker. So I think you you might be right and. He, he could, he's certainly got the option to play Muller there. Now, let's take a look at Germany's road to defending their World Cup because you look at their group and it looks pretty simple for Germany. You know, you would expect Germany to probably finish first place in this group, but as we've seen in previous World Cups and in previous major tournaments, Germany has a second game syndrome where they just don't play well. Second game of the 2014 World Cup, they played Ghana. It was a 2-2 draw. 2010, they play Serbia. They actually lose that game 1-0. And then in 2006 against Poland, Oliver Neuville's 90th minute winner helped Germany get to that nine-point edge. And Germany's second game in this tournament is Sweden. Do you think that there's any chance that Sweden could draw this game? Because Sweden defensively is very tough. I, I think... Of the three games, I think that Sweden is the easiest one for Germany. Uh, I think that if they're going to drop points, it might be against South Korea in the final game because I think that if they, I think that they'll win the first two, and then I think they'll rest a lot of players for the for the round of sixteen. And I think when they're resting players, even though I've just, uh, I mean, I, even just saying it, I think I've probably argued against my own point. I, I think their second team will go out, and I think they'll absolutely storm South Korea. Nine points for Germany. <laughs> I can't, I can't see them dropping points in this group. I, that strong. Yeah, I see them maybe dropping against Sweden. I think Sweden. They had so so many tough opponents in qualifying. They were in a group with France and the Netherlands. Granted, this is a Holland team that is really in just a terrible state right now. But then they went out and defended well against Italy. 
So I think Sweden could put up a really good fight against Germany. Historically, Sweden has played pretty well against Germany. The last time they played in the World Cup was in 2006 in the round of 16. They won on uh, 2 nothing. Germany did. Lucas Podolski scoring a brace. And then Germany had recently played Mexico in the Confederations Cup last summer, winning 4-1. And that was with their second squad. Like, a lot of people are saying that Germany's second team is probably better than even, you know, uh, Belgium's first team or England's first team. I think a lot of people would say that Germany's second team is better than England's first team. But But after Germany probably finishes first in this group, they would be playing the second-place team in Brazil's group, which is probably the likes of Switzerland, Costa Rica, or Serbia. Do any of those teams give Germany any problems? I think you, I think you already know the answer. I don't think I don't think that any of those teams. Maybe Costa Rica might be the, a surprise, but but to be honest, I, I think the Germans. If it, if we were talking about another team like maybe a, a Spain or an England, then maybe they trip up and maybe they have an off day. But the Germans don't do that. They, t- they don't have off days against these types of opposition. They they tend to show up in the big games, and I, I don't see... I, I think the quarterfinals is is a, an absolute minimum that we'll see Germany at. Yeah, and I think I think even semifinals is an... I think semifinals is absolute minimum, because you look at Germany's potential matchups for the quarterfinals, you're seeing probably Poland or Colombia finishing first in Group H and probably playing England. I don't expect Belgium to finish second in that group behind England, so... Germany playing either England or Poland or Colombia, probably. Germany's likely to win that game and get to the semifinals. And then in the semifinals, you're looking at a match with, you know, the likes of maybe Spain or Argentina. So out of all the other favorites in this tournament, probably France, Argentina, Brazil, which of those teams do you realistically think could beat Germany in one game in this tournament? Uh, I honestly think that given anyone, there's the potential for Belgium maybe later like really later on in the final because Belgium have a really strong squad and and France if you remember it when when Germany actually won the World Cup they only they scored a set piece goal against France in in an otherwise really tight game it that that was the closest I think that Germany came to to stumbling in that World Cup and and France I think have, have got even better since that World Cup as well so I I think that France is maybe the team where Germany could come unstuck Brazil, maybe. I mean, it would be hard to make a, I mean, an argument for Brazil n- not challenging anyone in this World Cup, even though, obviously, in the last World Cup, as as we all know, Germany went to town on Brazil. <laughs> they were put to the sword seven-one. I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, for me, that Germany-Brazil game is still. That is the most shocked I've ever been watching any sporting event in my life. And I remember just a few months before um, in the Super Bowl, the Seattle Seahawks had beaten the Denver Broncos 43-8. to And that's like unheard of to win a Super Bowl by more than five touchdowns. Germany beating Brazil 7-1 in a World Cup semifinal in Brazil. Oh, my God. I mean, that was insane. Absolutely crazy. But I, I agree with you that France is probably the team to beat Germany because, you know, France played a good game against them in the quarterfinals in Brazil. And let's not forget, France was the one who knocked Germany out at the Euros two summers ago. They beat them 2-0, Antoine Griezmann with the brace. But I also remember Germany had a bit of a stumble against Algeria in the round of 16. It had to go to extra time, and they scored two late goals in extra time to end up beating Algeria, who is obviously not in this World Cup. But now let's take the let's take it a step further. Let's say Germany does defend their title. Where do we rank this German team 
in terms of the greatest international teams of all time because you're thinking of the 10 years that Yogi Love has been in charge of Germany and he hasn't not made the semifinals ever in his entire major tournament career. How great will this Germany team be if they win this World Cup in the history of football? See, certainly, I mean, I think I think it's even it's harder than ever to be to stay as competitive now in in the world game. So, I, you know, I, I, if we look at modern day teams like Barcelona, I, that's the that's the best Barcelona side there's ever been because it was it's so much harder these days to win things consecutively and continually when the the standard is so high. So, I think we're already talking about in in Yogi Love's reign he has he's been it's been the most successful period i think of german's history um i whether if they win this world cup it's a strange one isn't it because there's so many players that are in this world cup squad that weren't in the last one so it's it's almost like it's not the same team um but i I suppose that the generation and the yogi love reign would have to be looked at as as the best german team that there has been yeah, I, th- I think this, I think last year, last World Cup's German team might be the best German team we've seen just because of the the sheer depth at defense and Manuel Neuer had a phenomenal tournament as a goalkeeper. At that point, I think he was the best goalkeeper in the world. But something, because I think this decade of the 2010s has really been dominated internationally and club club-wise by Germany and Spain. I mean, you think of the club season, Spain has been winning all the Champions Leagues and the Europa Leagues. They've won the last five Champions Leagues between Real Madrid and Barcelona and have only not won one Europa League in the last five Europa Leagues. And then you have Germany, who's just dominated in the international scene, winning the World Cup in 2014, getting to semifinals in all of the World Cups and European Championships of this decade. But the difference, I think, between Germany and Spain, Germany's had at least some some youth that has really developed into world-caliber talent, like Leroy Sané and Timo Werner. Whereas with Spain, Spain has had a struggle trying to find that new David Villa or Fernando Torres at striker, because Diego Costa hasn't played that well for Spain. Alvaro Morata had a really... A mediocre season for Chelsea but I think if if Germany wins this World Cup I would put them in the conversation alongside you know the Brazil of the 60s and the 70s with Pele and Garincha and uh, Jarzinho and even you know the likes of you know Brazil even in the 90s when they had Ronaldinho and Ronaldo and Rivaldo and you can just point to these German Germany teams as just being absolutely the best international teams maybe of all time in terms of the talent, the organization, the way they play, and just the ruthlessness that they have to win games. It's strange, isn't it? Because I, I think that they're probably not as flair. You know, they're not as, as much of a flair side. You know, you, you, as soon as you mention Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, you think it, you, it, immediately you think that's a better side because th- those players could do things maybe on the ball individually. That, that no other players could do but then you look at what Germany have done and, and as a team as a unit as, as you said it, as, it's it's kind of that classic ruthless efficiency there's players like Tony Kroos for example what a midfielder he is he's he epitomizes everything that Germany's about really and I think he'll be again the star of their team I agree. I think Tony Cruz is going to have a great tournament. So before we uh, call it a day here on our Germany preview and really call it a series for our Road to Moscow previews before we do our final big prediction preview, would you say, if you had to pick today, who would win the World Cup? Would you say Germany? It would be hard not to. However, I, I, 
I think that maybe France, if it's if it's it's between those two, and and this sort of, I think the records would probably say that Germany has the better chance. And Germany is not trying just to defend their World Cup title. They're also trying to keep Europe's streak alive. European teams have won the last three World Cups. Italy in 06, Spain in 2010, and of course Germany in 2014. Can Germany defend their title? Or will they falter maybe in the semifinals or the final once again? So, uh, John Patrick, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks very much for having me. All right, so there it is, our Germany preview. That is all 32 teams in the books for our Road to Moscow series. We will be doing a full preview and prediction show right before the tournament gets underway. And, of course, when the World Cup finally gets underway, we will be doing recaps and previews throughout the tournament, getting you all acclimated for the World Cup and being the ears, well, not the ears, being the voice for you to listen to when there are no games on, to distract yourself when there is no football on. So for John Patrick Quinn, Ori Benatar here, thank you for our Road to Moscow listeners. This was the Top Flight Podcast, World Cup, starting soon.